Welcome, citizens of Dark Crow City. You have arrived at episode 29 of Dark Crow's Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. If you are new to the show, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The coffee we'll be brewing today is called San Ramon, roasted by Propeller Coffee Company. And the comics we'll be discussing today are Heroes in Crisis number one, Cold Spots number two, and Stranger Things number one, based on the uh, hit Netflix TV show. Well, I guess it would just be hit Netflix show. Wouldn't even really be a TV show per se. I mean, it's because it's not on like cable TV. It's in the TV show category. Yeah, you're right. It's in the TV. So. <laughs> if you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review. Give us a rating. And uh, spread the word about the podcast. Now, before we get into our comics and our coffee, let's uh, catch up a little bit. How's, uh, how's your week been, Victor? This week has been, uh, it's been tiring for me, Jerry. I've been uh, traveling back and forth uh, to Niagara the past uh, three days, so it's uh, 384 kilometers of driving <laughs> every day. <laughs> there and back every day. That's crazy. But uh, but aside from that, I've been uh, trying to catch up on my animes, and I've discovered one. Okay. That uh, I'm actually not going to talk about right now. I'm going to keep keep everybody in suspense. Why? Because you're gonna offer. We're gonna offer it at the end, yeah, because it's that good. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, hang tight, listen close, because uh, you're not gonna want to miss this offering. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. It is pretty good. It was pretty funny. I like it. Yeah, there you go. And there I'm you. also not gonna spoil it for you. Imagine if I just splurred it out. Oh, right I would. Now. I would reach over that table. I swear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, what about you, Jerry? What have you been up to this week? <laughs> Just playing a lot of games, a lot of video games. We played a little bit more Divinity, not as much as I had hoped, but we're I mean, it, getting it, it's back a into it. Pretty, it looks like a pretty time-consuming game. It is. It is. Yeah. I looked at the the track that we had. I think the count, and I believe we're at like thirteen, fourteen hours in. Wow. Yeah. St- we're still in the main city. <laughs> like, we're still in that first city. Like maybe that's just like you know that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. But I don't know. We're still stuck in that first city. Not so much stuck. There's just so much to do. There's so much yeah. to do in that game. And every encounter is actually a full-on turn-based fight. Right. So it does take a while. Even if you like run across one zombie or one undead or whatever. Yeah. It's still t- it's going to take you like a good 10-15 minutes to get through that guy. Yeah. <laughs> just because you have to all... There's just so many turn-based stuff to do, right? Uh, so. Might as well just play Dokkan Battle. Well, I've been might doing well. that. I've been doing oh that too. And chasing a lot of the free-to-play guys, um, it's, it's been pretty fun because we've kind of run out of things to do in Dokkan once you get to a certain point, but there's always yeah. those events. I'm basically just trying to get all the free-to-play LRs right now. That's, yeah. That's the well, only that's thing a, that's That's left. a grind and a half, so. Uh, <laughs> it's, I'm not, it's there. I'm, I started doing it again for Vegito, Vegito Blue. Yeah. But it's just a grind and a half. Because you get, you get one Patara. I'm gonna, but that's the whole thing. Like, at least you know... You're getting that you're yeah. getting those medals, right? Like I'm doing the grind for LR Great Saiyan one and two, and um, you have to go through uh, certain floors on the um, 
on the hero extermination oh right uh, yeah or yeah. evil strikes back yeah uh story event and like sometimes you'll do like three or four runs without getting the medal yeah and you would need yeah. and you need multiples of those medals to awaken the the lr right mm-hmm. so i'm just i'm like sitting there the whole day just like <laughs> grinding out the medals and uh i'm trying to grind out the medals to awaken two of them to their tur form so we'll see we'll see i mean there's a lot of work to do for this one particular lr but yeah it's, but it's free to play it's right? a free to play one right so, so you got to work for it yeah got to work for it <laughs> all right well you keep uh you keep doing the good grind oh we're both gonna keep doing the good grind well i'm not grinding that one well yeah yeah the vegeta one is a bit of a grind too so how, how many medals are you in so far uh 15 oh but I'd still like even just the before the TUR form. Yeah. So I got to do that one first. I got 15 left on that, and then I got to do like another you 70. Said it was like 70 more. Yeah. Right? You just got to make the teams. That's it. Yeah. As no, long as you have the just... right teams, I did it in a day. So you're yeah. it's, no, but it's... for you it's different because for you we'll wrap this up quick. We're, yeah. We're talking about Dokken Battle for. But... <laughs> Sorry, ladies. <laughs> yeah. We're very passionate about about Dokken Battle. We're very passionate. <laughs> Dragon Ball everything. Um, <laughs> no, but <laughs> I know you uh, before you had finished all the story quest, right? So for you getting to the hard part of it is you're basically just building a team and then you're doing right because you haven't completed. I haven't the done them right. So I gotta do I gotta do them on normal, hard, and then Z hard. Yeah, and and then see if that even drops me the medal because I think it's like every other one drops you the Patara medal for me. Um, I think after a certain cer- point, cer- after a certain point, more. you have to have a specific number of guys on the team that have that specific uh skill yeah like so that. i'm at that point now but every other level gives you the patara yeah so but... it means i have to beat six levels to get one because i got to do all three difficulty levels so that's why it's been a bit of a grind yeah but but, but anyways I mean, we digress well, yeah this, this is yeah it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna go on forever <laughs> this this whole podcast could be become could become Dokken battle if we just keep going on <laughs> so why don't we go ahead let's go brew that coffee we'll come back talk about some comics we're bringing it back we're raining it back to comics yeah, let's do it. And we're at the comic segment. And in this segment, what we do is we take some new comics that come out on a weekly basis and we pick a few of them, the ones that are sort of on our pull list, and we talk about them, we analyze them, we discuss them, we break them down. And uh, we sort of share our opinions with you and we try to go a little deeper with some of these comics. So, the first book that we're going to be talking about is let's tackle Cold Spots number two. I know a couple weeks ago, actually, we just talked about, well, it was a couple episodes ago, rather, we talked about Cold Spots number Which one. Which is a couple of weeks ago. The weeks. Well, there was those, there was those like, uh, the, the break. This was right before the break, wasn't it? I don't know, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but before we actually talk about the books, a uh, quick spoiler warning, because of the way that, uh, because of the way the show goes and the way we talk about these books, we will be spoiling some plot stuff. We try not to, but there will be major significant things that happen where we're going to have to spoil them. So, with that in mind, do go to your LCS if you have not read these books yet. Go pick up those books, or you can go pick it up on Comixology, whichever one you like, whichever one you prefer. Pick up those books, read them first, and then come back and uh, listen to the segment. So, we're going to start with Cold Spots number two, is written by Cullen Bunn, with art by Mark Torres and letters by Simon Boland. So, this is the second chapter. Yes. Right? And personally, I feel like with this book, I feel, I don't feel like enough happened in this particular issue that 
what advanced the plot for me. I feel like a lot of non-essentials happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot yeah. of things did happen, but... They didn't drive you, anything forward. You could have probably skipped like the first 18 pages <laughs> and just read like the last uh, six and you would have gotten enough of the story mm-hmm. to figure like I understand um, I understand that the, the thought process behind the writing mm-hmm. and why it's um, being paced the uh, in the particular way that it's being paced because the it's, it's ultimately a horror right so um, you want to be able to to build up the mystery and the and the suspense, more or less, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with the with the environment. However, uh, that only can take the issue so far. At some point, you gotta you you want to know what's going on. Yeah. Right. And I feel like if you if you just read like the last six pages, you you would more or less get it. Mm-hmm. And it's there's a lot of like they introduced a new character, right? Uh, Zeb Fuch mm-hmm. or F- Fuchs? I mean, I think it's Fuchs. Zeb. Yeah. So he's like the ferryman, right? And they they have this discussion, um, you know, on the ferry, and they're talking about, you know, like why is it just so cold here and stuff like that, and they're they're sort of trying to get behind the story of it. Yeah. And it's, it it's weird for me because why is the main character? His name escapes me for a split second right now. What is his name? Something Kerr. Steve Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> it it is it doesn't make sense to me because he clearly went to the corals for a reason. Yeah. Right? He went with intent. So why is he so surprised about the weather? He's surprised about the weather because it's only cold in that one area. As opposed to just a few kilometers away in another town where it's like blazing hot. Yeah. But he clearly knows about this location. Because he went to the corals with a purpose. No. it's He's confused as to why this particular area is... The weather is so different as opposed to its surrounding cities. No, I, no, I know right? what you mean. I know what, yeah. I know what you're getting at. Yeah. But why? Because he wasn't expecting it. He doesn't. He doesn't know that there's something paranormal happening in the town. But he knows about the corals, so he clearly knows enough about this place. He went in there like he's gone there before. Minus the weather. So is the weather a new thing? I'm assuming because it's I a feel new like thing. with what these guys are saying, like it's something that's already been happening. Yes, uh, but they're saying he's confused now because. The cold is creeping up earlier than it usually does. Right. Yeah. That's and, and, that. and that's the thing that I'm getting at is more the usually part, mm-hmm. which means it still happens. So right. yeah, yeah, why yeah. are they so surprised? But I mean... It, I, I think it's just more so him that's surprised. Maybe. Maybe. But like that's... I feel like if you've done the research about the place and you've gone in there like you've gone there before or you've known about the place, this might it's, be something that comes up. But it up, still right? poses so. the question, like, why is this one area so much colder than the surrounding cities? Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. That's yeah, like yeah. saying, um, 
that's like if uh, here in Scarborough, mm-hmm. uh, it was snowing, and then you go a few kilometers north to Markham, and it's like blazing hot. Like that, it, it's no, it doesn't. I know, I know, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But if someone comes here already knowing about yeah. the other town and knows all the history about it and whatever, and it I don't think he place, knows the history of the town. But I don't I, know. I think it's it still sparks the question. I could come here for like ten years, and it finally ask you, oh, Jerry. By the way, I know I've been coming here for ten years, but how come it's so much colder here than it is in Markham? I, <laughs> I know. I've always so wondered me, that. I know. Right. Like that's that's the big thing is for yeah. me. Like, I, it's it's weird that the question is coming up now, right? And he, he probably hasn't been back already, in a while too. Maybe though. if maybe. if he's, I mean, granted, like that's if he's also been here before. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, by the way, uh, Scarborough, Markham, part of the uh, Greater Toronto Area. In case. Uh, <laughs> Listeners are wondering. We're just not naming random cities. <laughs> we do live in the GTA, so. <laughs> so, I don't know. Feel free to look them up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, just look them up. Uh, they're probably in some Drake lyric somewhere. At some somewhere, time. yeah. Yeah. I know he shouted out Markham at some point, I think. <laughs> Scarborough, for sure. Yeah. But it does... There, There is a part in the story that does... That is showing more of the supernatural side, which is kind of nice. Uh, I know that when we talked about the first episode, I mean, the, the first issue in that previous episode. Yeah. I know we talked about how I I enjoy stories. And, I, and we've, I've talked about it with other series as well. I enjoy stories that have that mystery and the suspense, but I enjoy them to be revealed. And I think it's because we were talking about Gideon Falls. Mm-hmm. I enjoy them to be revealed as not supernatural stories. But revealed as man-made machinations that it's causing these things to occur. Mm-hmm. So I was talking, you know, how we were talking about how in Gideon Falls that I was actually really pleasantly surprised when they revealed that thing, um, you know, that machine, right? So in this particular case, though, it's actually kind of nice to see the reveal as being something supernatural. Yeah. Right. Um, because there, I think there does come a time where stories that go into the impossible do create a different sense of suspense yeah that i think works well in their favor now, and in this particular book i think it works all well in there now favor. to be fair in getting falls the reveal of the machine still explains nothing <laughs> no it ex- explains nothing but it explains that there's a there could be a scientific connection some what's one hell of a science <laughs> right but it, it is right but yeah when you get into that part of it, it's you can kind of use science to try to explain it. But right now, they're not in that step, obviously. Yeah, like it's still very but, much a paranormal exactly, story. Yeah. So. But this but is this one's outright much, paranormal. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. So for this, I do think it does work well. Because the art direction in this book, while, while I feel like a lot of the facial expressions and stuff like that, a lot of that could use some work. Yeah. Because... Some of the expressions just seem off. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you be making making this expression then? Mm-hmm. Like the one where <laughs> when the main character is talking to a sheriff, and he's saying, "You're not suspecting I'm a suspect, right?" And, and the, the sheriff's, sheriff's face, he's just like, "Just want to know more." Yeah, and he's got smile. that creepy smile. I'm like yeah. anybody that looks at that face in that moment will be like, "Okay, so I'm done here with this conversation." Yeah, either that or I mean. They may have used it as... It's a foreshadowing. It's a foreshadowing, yeah, sure. exactly. But it's but just... It is. 
it's foreshadowing, but it is also very obvious. Like it wasn't subtle at all. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of those are a little you know questionable for me, but the color work and I think the overall tone setting in this book really well done mm-hmm. especially that one scene where he's sleeping in the car yeah and you see the spirits all around them yeah and then right afterwards they're on that scene to go to the to go to that little coral island yeah the transition there perfect and i think the the color work in this really does bring out the mood a lot so while i think the expressions are a little could use some work but the colors are really well done i find that um because they reveal the the poltergeist so often within these last two issues i feel like it it desensitizes me Mm. from from the very thing that i think they're trying to incite horror with like i don't know what the plan is right because if, if this was truly meant to incite some sort of fear within the readers uh it's definitely not what's happening for me mm-hmm. just because the, the poltergeists are revealed so often in the issue they're always there it's i'm so desensitized to it right um i'm still not entirely sure where they're taking the story mm-hmm. two issues in and i think for me that's sort of the biggest problem mm-hmm. uh it makes it it makes it a story that's difficult for you to want to continue mm-hmm. if you ask me mm-hmm. right um but yeah, I think uh, we'll we'll, see. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to see where it goes. Yeah, Un- unfortunately, like that's because that 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 ending. Yeah, here in this issue, I, I I don't know where they're going. It still explains nothing. Yeah, like it doesn't resolve anything for me as a reader. Yeah, exactly. Like I still have just as many questions, if not more now. Yeah, right. Like I. The way that Gideon Falls does it is so masterful, right? Because the way that Gideon Falls does it is they they will reveal an answer to you. For every one answer you get, you're you're double you're doubling up with more questions. Mm-hmm. Every one answer you probably come up come out with two more questions. But at least it's resolving something for me every issue. Yeah. Right? And I think that's what's driving us to like maniacs to want to keep reading Gideon Falls, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And unfortunately, that's sort of where the bar is for me uh, now in terms of this particular genre of comics, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I think... And it also doesn't do itself any favors by us knowing that it's a five-part miniseries. Right. I think what works well in Gideon Falls' favor is the fact that we know it's an ongoing. Yeah. So even if certain questions don't get answered within the first few issues, it it's not that big of a problem. But they've paced it so much better. Like, like there was for sure a lot more information given oh no, to for us sure. two for issues sure. into for Gideon sure. Falls. But I think it's it it's that same mentality though that I think if you know something is an ongoing, you're more forgiving with regards to if you have certain questions and it's not answered. In a miniseries like this, for example, a miniseries that we were covering before, mm-hmm. uh, The Magic Order, right? That's probably going to read a whole lot better when all collected together. Yeah. Because that was a miniseries. Yeah. And we read two issues into that and we're like, 
this is going nowhere. Yeah. Right? Because they haven't gotten to the meat of the book and they're almost halfway through. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, with this one as well, with Cold Spots, I feel like they're setting the mood well with regards to the type of supernatural story they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. But they're two-fifths of the way there now. It's a five-issue mini. If by next issue, you still don't know really why he's there or what the mystery is kind of is I feel like it's gonna be too too late because there's not enough to resolve a climax but that's what I mean though Gideon Falls as an ongoing story has still given us more ish- information within its first two issues yeah than this uh, than this series has as a five part mini mm-hmm. like to me that makes no sense yeah right um uh, but I, I'm, I'm trusting. I'm trusting that the writers have a plan, as I'm sure he does. Because, yeah. And normally, I do enjoy Colin Bunn's stuff. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I do enjoy his ongoing stuff more. Right. Right? So it could be because in this limited setting, maybe he's trying to tell a grander story that he just doesn't have time for. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's skipping important aspects of what he's trying to tell that maybe could bridge some of that for us yeah because right now with this with the little girl there her name is grace right yeah why why is that important to us yeah right especially because at the beginning that's that wasn't really where they were going with the story well i mean they they talked about that at first like they've gone missing right blah 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 well the, the main story is that he's he's been tasked to go find the girl and the and um, the woman, her mother, which mm-hmm. I believe they were together at some point, based on the information that was provided in this issue, right? Supposedly, that's his daughter. Mm-hmm. So he's been tasked, I'm assuming, by the mother's father to go and find them. Like, that's the main that's the main meat of the story. Yeah. Is that we're, we're trying to resolve that. Mm-hmm. But now that we've resolved that, it still doesn't... Like, it doesn't solve anything to me, mm-hmm. right? Because you've now detracted away from the main uh, from the main problem at hand. Mm-hmm. And the main conflict, yeah. The main conflict, and now you're just creating, attempting to create a larger conflict um, that is seemingly coming out of nowhere, mm-hmm. right? Like... If this was a story similar to, let's say, Silent Hill, for example, right, where the the main character loses his daughter within this really freakishly paranormal city, and these and then paranormal and freaky things happen as he's trying to find his daughter, to me that makes more sense as a storyline. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's using the backdrop, is using the city as a character on its own. Exactly. Right. To me, the way that they've organized this book doesn't make much sense mm-hmm. um but again i'm trusting that the writer has a plan <laughs> yeah right? he's got three more issues yeah on this book right and so. and not that i've been disappointed but i think as a genre i think gideon falls has set the expectation too high yeah especially that being like one of the earlier books that yeah. we've covered on the show right yeah it does set a different bar but yeah it for me this type this book touches on a slightly different genre 
for me in terms of horror yeah. compared to Gideon Falls. Like they're they're different, but they're similar enough it, where it, I, yeah, I similar could lump the them together if I had to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So which is what's happening in my head, unfortunately. <laughs> like I don't feel like I'm giving this book a fair chance based on that. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying I'm trusting that the writer has a plan. Yeah, yeah. Um and like what you said, like in terms of setting the backdrop as a character, mm-hmm. it does make sense that you know something like Silent Hill like the idea is Silent Hill right right and it's Silent Hill as a character and what it's doing to you a similar thing as do you remember that movie uh, 1408 yeah yeah uh, so 1408 room, room right? 1408 yeah 1408 with yeah. John Cusack yeah it's a good, yeah yep. that story was about the room yeah that was a great movie oh I love that absolutely movie, great right? movie I scared the, the living heck out of me yeah so that no, that, that was great but in, in terms of this where it's talking about cold spots mm-hmm. my first thing was we're going to learn about this place right right but what is happening here is there is now this this personal story that's happening for the main character which is fine which mm-hmm. is great but I feel like it takes away from what we're learning about this place. Right. And we haven't even started learning about this place until this issue. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, not until, like, the last couple of pages when he finally asks Zeb, hey, what's up with the cold spots, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like that's, that's, that's the on? only real time, like, there's any dialogue dedicated to the environment. Yeah. Right? And for something, for something like cold spots... Yes, yeah. you would think that's more front and center, right? Yeah, and I think, I think the idea was, they they tried to make a simple problem at the front and center first, and then create a larger problem in the background, which the main character will have to resolve, um, will have to ultimately resolve, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is why I'm assuming they did this first by finding fi- immediately finding where. Um, his daughter is right and then I'm assuming the next three issues are going to be dedicated to why they're there why they're there exactly so but I just don't like how that's how that's arranged like for me that's not my favorite kind of reading Mm -hmm. right Um, but that's again that's not a shot at um, at the team here that's just my personal preference Mm -hmm. right yeah and it's another one of those series I think it's It'll read much better collected. Exactly. Right? Because right when you get this review, you want to learn more about the city, but you can't. So we can only really, we can only base our opinions on what we have received so far. Yeah. When you have it all collected, then you can immediately go, okay, why is she happy here? Blah, blah, blah. Did you learn about the place? Yeah. And, and you get more stuff revealed and you can get right back on track with where why we are in this location yeah right when we're only receiving these issue by issue and it's paced this way yeah it does take away a bit from the momentum of why do we why do i care about this location right so yeah yeah so but i you know i still think it's i still think it's a good read just different from what we came in this would be perfect as a movie yes like this is one of those uh uh stories that if you had collected everything and then turned it into a like a two and a half hour film, it it would be perfect. Yeah. Which is exactly why you it it really just comes off on your point where if it was all collected as a 
as one book, it would be a much better read. Yeah, right? for sure. Because it's just one of those things that are better all together as one. Yeah. Instead of pieced out into five different parts, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so do you have any uh, parting thoughts before we move on to the next book? Uh, we'll have to see where it goes. That's <laughs> that's the only parting thought I have, right? Yeah. Um, like I said, it's not a shot at the team. I think that they have all the right pieces in place. And I, like I said, I trust that they have a plan. Just the way that things are arranged is just not my kind of reading, mm-hmm. right? Also hard to dissect things that way too. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that pretty much wraps up our conversation on cold spots number two. Hopefully when the, when the third issue comes out, I'll answer some more questions about the yeah. city. I am more, yeah. I am more interested in the locale than right. I am interested in some of these characters. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. So we're going to go into our second book, which is Stranger Things number one. So this is based off of the Netflix series Stranger Things, the global phenomenon that is Stranger Things, now two seasons through. And this story attempts to tell what happens to Will mm-hmm. when he first entered the Upside Down. So for those of you who have, I guess... Spoiler warnings run real deep here because <laughs> for those of you who have not read this issue, definitely go read this issue. For those of you who have not watched the show, I'm not going to sit here and attempt to tell you to go watch two seasons worth of TV. So just bear <laughs> with us here, I guess, as we go through this book. But if you haven't watched the show, you should definitely go watch the show because it is a fantastic show. Absolutely great. Absolutely fantastic. First and so, second season. Oh, for sure. For sure. And they both... Both those seasons did their own thing very well. You know? Yeah. They're they're very different, I think. There there are parts of it where it just feels very different, but they both did it really well. Yeah. So definitely check out the series. But I'm not gonna say go watch two seasons worth and then come back because chances are you'll just be listening to the next episode. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Stranger Things number one. It's written by Jody Hauser with art by Stefano Martino on pencil and Keith Champagne with the inks. Colors by Lauren Alf? Affe? Aff? I don't know. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> you better apologize. If I, if I don't know Jeez. how to pronounce properly. Uh, and letters by Nate Picos of Blambot. I'm assuming Blambot is like a team, but I, yeah. I didn't look it up. Nate Picos on letters. So yeah. what did you think of our first issue of Stranger Things? I think it's a... Like the 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 idea of the book itself, I find is a very like it's a fun idea, but it's certainly not something that is in line with some very deep analytics. You know what I mean? Like um, they're they're simply just uh, filling in the gaps with, mm-hmm. with this particular storyline, right? And not so much um, meant to really entice thoughts or um, advance the original storyline in any way because of course the original storyline can only be advanced by the TV show yeah right um, but it's fun it's a it's it's a fun look to at seeing what happened to will uh, in the upside down because we obviously had no idea yeah right? like like we what were, goes through his head in there yeah right? because we were obviously very focused on uh, on his mom and and the rest of the of rest of the crew in the show exactly yeah. trying to find him right so um i think it's very fun uh 
it's certainly good to see that Will just didn't sit there crying. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 obviously attempted something. Yeah. Uh, throughout the whole time that he was he was there for a while too. Yeah. Yeah. He was there for like uh, most of the season. Right. But I just trying to remember how how much that actually spans in terms of time. I think it well, was, couldn't have been that long actually. Maybe they noticed like a, him right away. Yeah, I think right? it was like a so, week or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun storyline. But I I don't think I can think of it as anything else beyond that. Yeah, and it's it's one of those situations where when you get that sort of a tie-in story. Yeah. And you already have the beginning and the end. Yeah. And now you just have the middle. Which is basically a coloring book, right? You know what happens before and after, mm-hmm. and now you're just filling in all the gaps, whichever way you like, right. and you just have to somehow connect A to B, or something connect A to C, really, when you're filling out B. Exactly. So, with that in mind, there's only really so much that you can, like, they can't really throw you a curveball, <clears throat> yeah, with regards to what happens with the plot, yeah. So you can only really go one direction, yeah. But you just take a different route. Yeah, you're very restricted within exactly. a certain frame. Exactly. You know, to, so to do what you can. What he's doing in this book, like what Will is doing in this story, mm-hmm. is is really something that we've come to anticipate because we kind of already seen him struggle a little bit in in the Upside Down, mm-hmm. right? When they first reveal, like when she, you know, when his mom first like sort of connects that he's in that little house mm-hmm. right so you can already kind of see where the story might end up going and I'm not yeah. I'm not really sure how else they can expand on his time in there's, the Upside Down there's really not much more they can do right because point A and point C have already been set yeah there's there's nothing that they they can or should do that'll that's going to change anything. Right? Yeah. Nothing's going to change, right? And his, and it gets to a point where now, because we've seen the TV show, and the TV show's been out for a while, yeah. right? That you, there's sort of this automatic plot armor that he's in. Yeah. We know nothing really happens to him. Yeah, because he's going to come out alive. Exactly. Right? So it takes a bit of that suspense away, but I guess it just makes it into sort of this cat and mouse thing and it just kind of makes it like a fun adventure for him mm-hmm. in that sense because he does well not fun for him fun for us <laughs> <laughs> fun for us yeah because he does talk about it being kind of this adventure and what he would do as a character in yeah D&D. well he, tre- he treats it like a D session right exactly yeah so it it does create an interesting situation where it's when you place somebody um, especially someone at such a young age yeah. into situations like that like how do they cope mm-hmm. with dealing with the unknown right right? so this is one of the ways that that will has decided to deal with the unknown is he literally treats it as uh as a fantasy setting he treats it as this campaign that or the session that he's going through and he has to find ways to to solve it yeah right so that maybe then helps him with coping with the situation and yeah you know not being not sort of cower in fear right yeah so it does create a it does create a look at how how people can sort of cope with situations like that mm-hmm. but as a story for stranger things it doesn't really 
it doesn't really push the envelope. It's anyway. just yeah, it's just um, it's just another tie-in series. Exactly. Like that's that's yeah. the only way you can think about it, right? Yeah. Um, kind of like Magic Order, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, like I I don't think there's much else to say about it uh, as a story. Mm-hmm. Um, like whatever happens to Will within I, I i believe this is a is it five issues i can't remember i can't recall i'll look it up yeah but uh within however many issues this is going to be occurring like like it is what it is right um that's just the the best way to describe um this particular comic yeah like it just is what it is <laughs> unfortunately like, I, I hate to say that but um there's not much else they can do within the limited frame that they have, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think... Oh, I, I can't even... It doesn't say... It yeah. doesn't say how much... Um, let, me, let me double check here. But an interesting of part four. of it... One of four? Yeah. It's a four-part? Yeah. Okay. How did you find that so quick? It's on the cover. <laughs> never, uh, never occurred to me to look at the cover. Jeez, what are you doing out here, man? Like I'm just trying to get some more good info, okay? <laughs> so apparently, this is part of a part of a partnership that's got a multi-year publishing line for Stranger Things. So mm-hmm. it could be that they can tell they can tell different stories surrounding how different characters and how the different characters' thought process were right. during the during the story. Mm-hmm. And they could maybe bridge the gap between Stranger Things 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the seasons, the TV mm-hmm. show. Because we do know that there's been some time that passed between season 1 and 2, right? But, and especially because in in real life, it, it was many... It was like a few years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the kids grew up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So it could... Be- because the kids like the actual actors grew up so they actually ended up doing a bit of a time jump mm-hmm. so it could be that this could help it just setting the scene for now and it could be used as a tie-in to also connect first and second season but the other thing is do people really care wow. between season one and two right like well because nothing of real significance really happened well, exactly. but, but it could be things that are happening in the upside down so you can get a better, maybe a better insight into what's happening in the Upside Down. But why do I care? As 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 a fan of Stranger Things, which I am, mm-hmm. why do these stories have significance, and why should I, as a fan, pick them up and read them? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. I think that's the I think that's the ultimate question that I think is being missed by Dark Horse. Right, mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like this is more of a thing to ride uh, the popularity of Stranger Things rather than to add to uh, the storyline that already exists. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what it feels like to me. Um, and I, 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 again, those not my kind of read. <laughs> not my kind of read. Um. I always like to read stories that are thought-provoking and move the storyline forward in some way, mm-hmm. right? Uh, 
this issue did not do that obviously because it's not, it's not meant to mm-hmm. and I know that um, but again like there's there isn't much to go on yeah uh, beyond it is what it, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is right exactly yeah now what I think would be really interesting is if they use this opportunity right now obviously because they, they need to introduce you to characters you already know right if they use the opportunity later on it's a multi-year publishing thing right mm-hmm. and it could be announced already I don't know but what if they use this to talk about stories of things that are happening outside of Hawking's? Now, that would be interesting. Right? Like, how does the upside-down world affect the surrounding populations? Exactly. Because we clearly know that it's not just Hawking's. Yeah. It can't be. Right? It just happens that in Hawking's here, Will made the connection to the upside-down. Right. And it's now just, you know... And now it's just it's drawing that force in from where he is. Right. But how is the rest of the country affected? See, that's what I would be interested in. Yeah. Because and now think, they're not stuck and restricted within a within a, a, a frame. Exactly. Right. Well, I mean, they are, but it's a very large frame large now. frame in comparison to, to what's happening small now. Small town of Hawkins. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it does open up the opportunity that because in the show, obviously, when you know you're gonna have actors, and then you know you have to consider how much you pay actors and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. In comics, you, you can just have characters. Right. Right? And and I think it, it'll open up a good opportunity for them to say, like, in the rest of the country, mm-hmm. maybe there's already a further development into the Upside Down. Maybe there's already a bigger connection to the Upside Down that you're not seeing. Yeah. Right? Because we see that it's happening in that, that downstairs lab at Hawking's, right? But... Who's to say that it's not happening in a different part of the country? Right. Right. And that there's a bigger thing at play. Right. So I do think it it could create that opportunity. And I'm and I'll be more interested in that side of the story than I will be with a connecting point story where I already know the end. Right. Yeah. Um I know Will gets found. Yeah. So it the any part of suspense in here with regards to whether or not Will will be in danger is moot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think that uh, resources are better spent doing something like that because now it's a brand new story. Exactly. Right. And I think um, I think fans of Stranger Things and even people who aren't fans of Stranger Things would be more drawn to that. Exactly. As opposed to this four-parter that's happening right now. Because with this four-parter, but with a four-parter, they have to... I guess connect you with the characters you already know first. Yeah. But, you know, for example, The Walking Dead does a really good job trying to use that um try to use the universe they built mm-hmm. and and talk about different groups surviving in it, right? So you have The Walking Dead main Walking Dead comic, you have the main Walking Dead TV show that follows the comic to a certain degree. Then you have Fear the Walking Dead, mm-hmm. which follows a different group of people. Yeah. Then you have The Walking Dead video game. That tells diff- a different group of people in in, in different timelines, I think that's uh, in different timelines, but also same time, same world, yeah, <laughs> same world, same universe, yeah. right? Same world, yeah. uh, because fear actually does connect with the original universe, right? It does, so but way before, yeah, way before, yeah. So, and there's also, um, there's also, yeah, the video game mm-hmm. for The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. um, which actually connects to the main world as well, right. right? So, you do have a lot of different variations of. Of groups of people that you see, and you you build different connections to those characters, right? You right. care for those characters, and you don't know how they end up. 
Right. Right. So it it does create that shared universe a little better. And I think this has the opportunity because of how they're setting up a multi-year deal. Yeah. It does have the opportunity to create that shared universe. And I think right. that would be a lot more intriguing for me. For sure. 100%. Yeah. Though granted, as long as it doesn't bomb like Fear the Walking Dead did. <laughs> I've I mean, heard Fear is better than two regular Walking in, Dead. In some aspects it is. It's just the the other side of doing things like that um, with what The Walking Dead has done is sometimes there comes a point where it's like, okay, maybe this is a little too much, mm-hmm. right? Because then it's just like, do I still, do I now want to invest the same time, the same emotions into another, into another group? Do, yeah. I, do I want to do that, yeah. right? Uh, because sometimes the main group is already enough. Like the main group is already tough enough to follow it. Yeah. Well, especially with the walking dead, they exactly. keep coming across new groups. Exactly. Of However, so. uh, stranger things, I don't think suffers from that problem too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because there just isn't that many characters to follow. Yeah. Right. Um, and also it's not the kind of show where people, the main characters are dying left and right. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel like there is more potential for Stranger Things to do that, but as far as we know, the the upside down world and and the what do you what do they call the Gorgons? Demogorgons? 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 Yeah. They don't they don't uh, go outside of the city of Hawkins, mm-hmm. as far as we know. Yeah, that hasn't been revealed yet. yet. So. Yeah. Potential but opportunity. We do, we do. We did already get a glimpse of that in the second season, with regards to those characters with powers outside of Hawking's, right? Because right. Eleven ventured out. Right. But yeah. I, different though. Yeah. Different. Different. Like, yeah. So, what if they're just posed with something completely different as to what's happening in Hawking's? Yeah. Right. So that would be cool, and it would be a great chance for them to explore that too, right? Yeah. Like, what if they just explore that part of the world in mm-hmm. a separate miniseries? Yeah. Right, so lots of opportunities. Like exactly. again, like we could sit here and we could sit here and theorize all day about all the things that they're gonna do, but exactly <laughs> unless they actually do it, then it's then it's moot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. For sure. But it's always good to to you know. Good to always dream. Goes. Yeah, it's always good to dream. <laughs> okay. Any uh, parting thoughts on Stranger Things? No. Fun issue. Uh, but again, just can't take it for anything else beyond that. Yeah. This I think this mini will basically be just that that connecting point, yeah, you know, exactly something to get you along until the, it's the almost next like season a, it's comes. almost like a promotional sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that pretty much wraps up our conversation on Stranger Things number one. It is at your local comic shop and go check it out. There's multiple different covers for the book, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. Uh, some of those look really good. Yeah. yeah, they look really well done. So I picked up one of them. I didn't pick up all four of them or five of them. You should. Really. A lot of money, man. We're in Canada. Books get marked up because of, you know. But the dollar is comparable, though. Like, the amount of money that you would spend here is the same amount of money you spend in the U.S. It's comparable. It's marked up, man. (laughs) You know we get paid more, right? (laughs) Just to make up for that difference. Yeah, maybe. It's the same thing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Book number three. (laughs) We're on to book number three. We're going to be talking about Heroes in Crisis, number one. It's written by Tom King with art by Clay Mann, colors by Tomomori, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So this is the new crisis event 
happening in DC right now. And boy, I am so stoked. This issue. Now this issue was something else. Certainly. (sighs) This book was really good. Certainly a lot more things happening now. Yeah. Oh, of course. As opposed to uh, sort of, I guess, that the previous week's prelude issue. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, a lot. This takes a really dark turn. Yeah. Like it takes a really, really dark turn. Yeah. As soon as as soon as the, the recording of the first person pops up, it takes it's it's a it's an emotional ride. Yeah. And we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to say it again. Spoiler warning: so many things happened. Just in case you forgot about the spoiler warning, yeah, I guess. Yeah, just in case you forget. Yeah, so definitely go read this book if you haven't. It is this is a masterclass in in storytelling. But I don't I don't even <laughs> want to think about the people that died in this book. So many people died. So many. So good, many people died. Good but people. they're already dead. Right, so basically the premise: there's a place called Sanctuary, mm-hmm. right? And the Trinity basically recommends they they build the sanctuary for superheroes that are going through a rough time, or they just sort of need places to heal because you know everyone's human. Yeah. So they build this place for uh, for the superheroes to go to, and now something has gone wrong. So a massacre has happened at the sanctuary. Yeah. And it's basically this farmhouse where people can go and a massacre happens the trinity shows up and you know they i'm assuming they got the distress call and they come and they see that a bunch of heroes are dead yeah and they see something's happening some people wrote some stuff on the walls harley quinn's fighting booster gold and we get introduced to the people who actually died mm-hmm. so there's a character in there it's called <laughs> his name's blue jay yeah he dies we get introduced to <laughs> Hotspot. He dies too. Poor Hotspot. My heart melted. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Hotspot was a good kid. And then we get introduced to the death of Roy Harper, Arsenal, mm-hmm. and Wally West Flash. <sighs> How do they even be like <laughs> Like Wally okay. The other guys I can understand. Yeah. But Wally West, how are you gonna? How, how is do you beat okay, a trickster? Okay, so, how do you beat so, a speedster? So again, spoiler alert: it's revealed at the end of the issue that it's Booster Gold. That uh, now, see, I have some thoughts on that. Right, but initially, that's what okay. We're yeah, led that's, to that's, believe. that's exactly that's what Harley is trying to say. Right, Harley is saying Booster killed them. Yeah, yeah, that is what we're initially led to believe, and I got some thoughts about that too. Mm-hmm. But then, and the reason why these thoughts come up is like, like how's Booster Gold gonna take out Wally West? <laughs> like, come on! Like, I know these, I know these heroes are, are there for help, but them needing help doesn't take away their superpowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yeah. no way, absolutely, there's no universe that ex- that DC could ever think up of where Booster Gold can beat Wally West. Yeah, yeah, and that's what made this whole thing. Uh. Not unbelievable. I don't think unbelievable is the right word, but uh, doubt the words of Harley Quinn. I think that's that's the uh, that's the right way for me to put it. Yeah, I'm like nobody's beating Wally West <laughs> unless your name is Barry Allen <laughs> <laughs> or Clickent. It's yeah, it does generate a lot of doubt. Yeah, and I think that's what's important in this book is that 
right away it needs to generate doubt because you can't really trust what any of these characters are saying. Right. Right. And the book itself is just filled, filled with clues. Right. About what's to come, what would happen mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think it's it's really well done. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, what are your thoughts on who you think is the killer in Sanctuary? See, that that I'm trying to reserve my judgment on because I, I want to keep it as a surprise for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so as it stands, the way that I'm reading this book right now and how I'm likely going to read uh, the issues moving forward is... I will read it at face value. I will try and analyze any sort of real world and social impacts the issue may have. But anything aside from that, I'm not going to try and, and, and dig deeper because I want to keep it as a surprise for myself. Right. However, I would like to hear what you have to say. Because it seems like you've got a lot of things you want to say. Uh, okay. I think this book is going to be I I don't think and I hope it doesn't that I I hope the book isn't about a villain right because to me I I feel like the book is about legacy right legacy of what these characters mean Mm -hmm. and legacy of what those heroes mean passing from one generation to the next right right Um, and I think for for me when Harley says Booster killed them. I think it's the idea that something in Booster's mind triggered a massacre at Sanctuary. Mm. That they've come to a realization of some sort. Right. So in the book, they talk about puddlers, right? Mm. Uh, there's there's the, the writing on the wall that says the puddlers are all dead. So I... In here, Wonder Woman uh, describes it as, I'll just just quote Wonder Woman here. It's a term for those who work in iron, who make weapons and swords. Puddlers skim the molten metal, remove the impurities so the iron can be strong. Right. Right? So the puddlers, here, there's a message that says the puddlers are all dead. Mm -hmm. So the, the one that's removing the impurities are all dead. Yeah. Right? Now, what I think that means is... They're taking out, and basically what Sanctuary is, Sanctuary is a big, it's a big puddler, mm-hmm. right? And the robots there are there to remove those seeds of doubt or those, um, the, the troubling thoughts for these heroes mm-hmm. so that they can make them better again, make them, you know, super again, mm-hmm. right? And when, they, when those died, when the possibility for hope died, that's when these superheroes are now in doubt again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what triggers someone in the sanctuary to go mad. Right. And to to come to this realization that maybe there isn't hope. That maybe this idea of going to the sanctuary is just this endless cycle that they would never be better. They mm-hmm. would never get better. Mm-hmm. They're, they come to a point where they they seek help, they get help, they get better, they come back down. And it's just this endless vicious cycle. Right. And that in order to truly progress, 
I think is they need to end the cycle themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where they might be in the story. And it will be a much deeper story than just some random villain showing up claiming to have laid waste to all these guys. Yeah. Because I don't think a villain can do this. I don't think a villain can just show up and take out Wally West. Yeah. Right? And I and I really don't think Booster can take out Wally West. It has West. to be someone that, uh, it that has to be trusted. Exactly. It has to be an inside job. And I think it has to be a character that came to a realization that this is the path they have to go. Right. Right? So with that said as well, when Harley says Booster's the one that killed them, mm-hmm. Booster has seen parts of the future. He can see parts of it. Right? He's from the future, I believe. So right. maybe he's seen some things and he's seen so many variations of it. Yeah. Um and now when he's opening up himself to you know, when he's opening up himself to the sanctuary. Right. And that he's giving he's finally sort of taking what's on his chest, you know, off and yeah. laying relaying all the stuff that he's been through. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's was triggering other heroes as well or triggering some sort of algorithm in the sanctuary because yeah. you know they're run by robots yeah that you know it's built on kryptonian technology right mm-hmm. maybe it's triggering something that is saying you know all the things that you've seen it's what's proving to us that maybe these impurities will never be taken away that right. there's always going to be something that will be impure about the idea of superheroism yeah. Right. So I think that may be something that gets triggered, and now just they go mad. Yeah. Right. Um, I hope that's the direction they go. Uh, I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, my hero academia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the anime did yeah did something similar uh, in the first season. Uh, so there was uh, an is that an- a good show by the way. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen is it, it a good show? I seen it it's on Netflix, I think. So you I should watch it. Is that's how? I'm not going to say anything else. You All should right, just okay. watch it. Um, so, My Hero Academia. Yeah, they did something similar in the first season, um, where they fought this villain slash antihero named Stain. And basically, what he was doing was going around. And taking out heroes that he didn't believe were real heroes, that didn't stand for the the ultimate justice that he believed in, right? Um, and it, and what he was doing was wasn't like the reason why he was doing it wasn't wrong, right? Because in My Hero Academia, a lot of people, a lot of heroes, are out there just doing it for the fame or doing it for the money, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what Stain wants to do is is have heroes that are really just there to be heroes, that are just there to save lives and uphold justice, right? And uh, I that's what I initially thought this story was some was somewhat similar to. I thought that maybe somebody was going around and killing heroes that they no longer saw uh, to be heroes anymore. That could explain the Puddler part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I initially thought. Um, was just his, somebody taking... It's extreme idealism is what it is. Yeah. Right? Um, so I'm hoping that that's the direction that it goes. Because that would 
definitely make for a much more interesting story mm-hmm. as of now. Be just because you know the past two arcs in Justice League has just been really like let's like the the, the lines of good and bad were very distinct, mm-hmm. right? So it made for some very straightforward storytelling and I think this one was really refreshing in a sense that it's a lot more darker and it has the potential to really imbue it imbue itself with um, uh, with uh, social what's the right word I'm looking for here social ideas I guess so to speak right and to me that's that makes for much more interesting storytelling mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure and it's and it goes beyond the surface of good guy punching bag exactly right and obviously like you know we enjoy those stories as well as evident in Justice League where they literally just punching each other yeah but in this story I think it takes it takes a much deeper look at what really makes a hero a hero yeah right because in, in, in real life the the lines are not that obvious. Yeah, exactly. Right? In real life, it's yeah. and the decisions that these guys have to make become that much more significant because the lines aren't so obvious. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, and Booster here actually does talk at the end on that last page. He does talk about um, that this place was built as basically a super therapy therapy center. Yeah. And you know, and this place helps the heroes that have seen too much or done too much yeah and he's a prime example of someone who's seen too much yeah right so and i'm pretty sure booster is the one and like this is why i i have that theory about after booster opens up about the things that he's seen yeah is what triggers the sanctuary to see that maybe the endless cycle needs to come to an end Mm -hmm. right and I think that's what maybe triggers the massacre. Right. Maybe a hero comes to a realization of that, or mm-hmm. you know, of the sort. So it maybe at that point Harley is there because we see Harley as the person who's like trying to take this guy out. Yeah. Right. But maybe Harley is trying to end Booster because she is seeing that Booster is what's triggering this massacre. Right. Without Booster even realizing that by him seeking help he's opening up all of these things right right so you know a lot could be said about the little things that are happening in this book as well Mm -hmm. and which is pretty well done yeah no I I certainly enjoyed every aspect of this issue (laughs) this art the artwork the colors my goodness oh man Clayman he's so good he's (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's just a lost speechless for speechless and it's <laughs> and there's so many moments there's so many moments in this book where it just breaks your heart man like yeah. uh, when they first discover blue jay yeah just you the pa- the page before you see blue jay is just you're like huh what is that crow eating yeah it's blue jay it's blue jay yeah it's a mini blue jay and i was like oh no <laughs> and then right after you see in the next one when they're looking at the the people who have died yeah they see hotspot and Hotspot died with tears in, in his eyes. eyes. Yeah, he like, died crying. Died. He died crying. I'm just like, what could possibly have happened, right? Yeah. And, uh, it's just it's it's heartbreaking, man. 
Simply they made the, I can't believe they drew the crow eating a mini blue jay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, oh, did you not see it before? I, I did. And oh, I, just, I don't uh, know, man. But I, I think, but Wally West, though, like that, I need an explanation for and that. And that's the thing. And that's the thing. In order for someone to take out a hero of that type of power, yeah, needs to be someone from inside, which is why I think it's an inside job and something has gone wrong with them. Yeah. Something has truly triggered them. Yeah. Right? Um, when Harley, after Harley eats the, the pie and like starts to, you know, Harley actually started talking about um, a quote from Freud. Yeah. Right? And the quote is, No one who, like me, conjures up the most evil of those half-tamed demons that inhabit the human beast and seeks to wrestle with them can expect to come through the struggle unscathed. Yeah. And I think it that sort of s- sums up what is kind of the theme of the story is that yeah. if you're if you're bringing up these past demons if you're bringing up these things that you've seen and you're attempting to heal and you're attempting to get better from it for someone to fix you 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 can't expect to come out from that without being damaged mm-hmm. in any in some way mm-hmm. right and I think that's what this damage is I don't know about this damage. This is fixing the impurities of the idea of superheroism. I don't know about damage. I think damage may not be the right word. I think change is probably a little bit more accurate. Because they're not... They're not damaged. Like, they... They but still function. For, but for me, that's the idea yeah. of being unscathed. Yeah, but for me... I think the word changed is more accurate. Okay. Right? Just like... Like even even a simple change in a in a perspective, I mean, can yeah, trigger it this, could be it could right? be change in positive and negative. Yeah, yeah. like it's it could tr- like something. Yeah, change can trigger this. Mm-hmm. I think damage. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. what you said about change in perspective yeah. because that does it could trigger in both directions. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah. Right. Like say, let's use uh, let's use uh, injustice as an example. Right when uh, Superman realizes that the Joker is the one that made him kill uh, Lois and his unborn child. Mm -hmm. It's not that Superman was damaged, but his perspective changed. Mm -hmm. And that's what triggers the the timeline of injustice, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think this is something similar. Okay. Right. Um, But we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's too many emotions going on right now. I'm still looking at this picture of... uh, Wonder, Wonder Woman oh. uh, closing Wally West's eyes. Yeah. See, that one, that one really hurt. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like... Because they keep saying confirmed, confirmed, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, obviously them tallying up the death. Yeah. When I first saw Wally sitting, like, laying there with Roy, I was yeah. like, maybe they're just knocked out. Yeah. And then when Wonder Woman closed his eyes and said confirmed, it was like... Oh, man. Because I think... Yeah, well... I mean, Clark's the one that confirmed them, and then Wonder Woman closed his eyes, and I was like, "Oh." Now, what does this done. mean for these characters moving forward in within the DC universe? Because this is the main storyline, right? So, yeah. do they come back? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Wally just came back. From yeah, he, he, like not that long ago. Yeah, like I think just under two years ago, he came back. Right, yeah. so it's a. Uh, 
I mean, granted, I mean, that's a long time to have a character stick around with nothing really bad happening to him. So, yeah, maybe it was about time, but <laughs> but still. Like... No, but, but, oh, man, Wally, poor Wally. And I think I think the implications are going to be on the Trinity more. Right. Right. Because it is up. It is always up to the Trinity to fix a bunch of stuff. But mm-hmm. when something like this happens, I think. Like you said, like it's going to have a change of perspective for them as well. Yeah. Right. And moving forward, they they might be approaching problems and situations a lot differently than what they are now. Right. Because I mean, in this particular situation, it's it's tricky because let's say let's say they find out who did it and it is another hero. How do you deal with that? Because now we're talking about one of our own. Yeah. Right. So yeah. now it presents a very different situation that quite honestly the trinity as characters haven't really ran into too often mm-hmm. right i mean yeah it's happened here and there but it's it's not something that happens so often that they know exactly how to deal with it like under the red hood for example right with uh when he found out it was uh it was jason batman didn't necessarily know what to do right away <laughs> <laughs> So now imagine how Superman and Wonder Woman are going to deal with this situation now, considering that they're more more Boy Scout than <laughs> than Batman, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. A lot of implications. A lot of things that um, I think this is going to change the the characters moving forward. Yes, I think that's what's going to happen. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I th- that's I think truly the bigger villain than just the guy showing up to punch things it's yeah. the it's the it's the doubt that starts to form within a superhero yeah you know that like takes them down from what originally puts them above normal human people. yeah you know so imagine if all these things happen and then it turns out it was just Bane like come on yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, hey, it's it's still Tom King, right? So you never know. Yeah, I know. You never but know. then it's like, oh, come on, really? Like, you said, come have, on, Bane. You couldn't have made it more complex. You just made it just Bane. <laughs> <laughs> or someone really uh, someone really off the wall like uh, Scarecrow. Bane just shows up. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's time to juice up and get my ass kicked. <laughs> but yeah, man, fantastic story. Um, I can't wait for issue two. And this is one of those page turners where it's just like you want to get to the yeah. next book, get to the next book. Right? Yeah, and for sure. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic book. And it's going to be, I think, very different from other crisis books as well. You know. Well, this is a very different kind of crisis, yeah. right? Because yeah. before you were looking at a crisis at a, at a more galactic scale, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because that was that was the expectation that was set up by Final Crisis. Final Crisis and Infinite Crisis. Yeah, like those are the expectations of Crisis. Now, we're looking at a crisis that's a little more homegrown, that's a little more personal. Like an internal crisis. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that's that's something that uh, hasn't been explored much. Because now we're talking about things like PTSD Mm -hmm. and issues like this, right? Yeah. Um, Some sort of psychological trauma that... um, that triggers uh, these reactions from from heroes slash even I mean it could be a villain at the mm-hmm. end of the day right yeah. so um, 
I think this is refreshing and I think that this is something that needs to be brought out in mainstream comics a little bit more. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I believe that was also Tom King's intention. Yeah. Like, you know, working as a former CIA, yeah. this was something that he, I believe he personally experienced. Mm-hmm. So this is something that he wanted to bring and connect into comics as well, using comics as a medium to tell that type of story. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, so I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion on Heroes in Crisis number one, right? Yeah. So, fantastic read. If you haven't read it yet, definitely go read it. Also, just, I guess, ignore all the things we just said about spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we are going to... Oh, almost forgot. Almost forgot again. We're going to talk about the coffee we just I, you know what? For the to last be honest, hour. Uh, I forgot too because I didn't even introduce it in the beginning. Oh no! <laughs> so <laughs> you're right. We completely forgot to introduce the coffee. Well, that's because we were so excited to jump into um, jump into the crisis. That, yeah, uh, and just we, we were so excited about jumping into these books in general. Yeah, exactly. So you know, we'll, we'll do it real quick. Yeah. Uh, the coffee this week is named San Ramon. Uh, is from uh, the Dipilto Nueva Segovia region of Nicaragua, and it's been roasted by Propeller Coffee uh, Coffee Company uh, here in Toronto, Ontario. Nice. Now, uh, Jerry, Your initial thoughts on the coffee. Brewer. Initial thoughts: very smooth. Very smooth. Very smooth. Even now, an hour later, that it's cooled down, still a very would, smooth coffee. This is going This would make a really good iced coffee. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because we, we do know, like, for the most part, like, when coffee's cool down, that, you know. Th- hear that? What? No, just, like, you know, for the listeners. Gotta get more just, coffee. Just hear him pour that second cup. Gotta get more coffee. You know? And, uh, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't become bitter. You know? Yeah. You know a lot of coffees, when they, when they cool down, they sort of become a little bitter and stuff like that. Yeah. This doesn't do that. It doesn't bitter. It doesn't sour. Yeah. R- even right now, cold. Still great. You know? So. Yeah. I don't know what to make of the flavor notes though, because of the smoothness of the coffee, I couldn't really get much of the flavors. I feel like I'm getting something citrusy. Okay. Okay. Um, kind of like a like a mandarin orange, maybe. Okay. Again, I could be very off as I usually am every week. But, uh... <laughs> I got a very light nut flavor on it initially. Okay. Um, and I also want to kind of say maybe maple. Maple? Yeah. Hmm. I feel like, in general, you're better at this than I am. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I just spilled coffee all over myself. <laughs> I just watched the whole thing happen. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> okay, so I think it's time just <laughs> just to reveal it. This guy needs to go run to the lab. So... Go run for a towel. <laughs> I'm going to stick with... Uh, I'm going to stick with Mandarin Orange... Cause I feel like that's what I'm getting. Listen, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to live. <laughs> just get poured so much coffee on himself. Oh man. <laughs> I okay, man. Feel like I'm getting like a cucumber now too. Cuc- cucumber? Yeah. Okay. I get that rind, that sort of just rind aftertaste. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 So we, what are we going for? Cucumber, mandarin, orange, and I'm going for like a maple. Okay, that's a really weird combination of flavors, but yeah, let's go for it. Let's <laughs> let's see what see what we get. So, San Ramon, we have grapes, chocolate, and butterscotch. Okay, close. So, again, I got none of them. <laughs> <laughs> the butterscotch and the maple, I feel like. Now, chocolate, I was going to say chocolate, Yeah. but then I'm just like, 
there's no way that there's so many coffees that just With have chocolate, chocolate yeah. in it. The last few that we've just but elected now I, to not say chocolate. Yeah. They've all had chocolate. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. maybe I should like I should just we go should with start, my gut feeling for now and just say chocolate. Yeah, which you normally should too. Go with your gut feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is a good coffee. Really smooth. Uh, I think really I enjoyed go, it. Yeah, I think I may may uh, go for a second run of uh, of this one after. They just brew, brew another one. Brew another yeah, one, for yeah. sure, for sure. You know, get it while it's hot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. So now we are going to go into. Our offerings to dark side segment. Offerings to dark side. And we're at the offerings to dark side segment. What we normally do in this segment is we take something outside of the world of comics and outside of the world of coffee. And we offer it to you, our listeners, something that we enjoy. And it's hopefully something that you'll enjoy as well. So this week, Victor. Yes. What have you got for us? This week, Jerry. I've got a, I've got an anime that I did speak about earlier. Okay. I didn't mention it earlier. Okay. And the name of this anime is called Hataraku Saibo, or in English, it's uh, Cells at Work. Oh, oh so, okay. All right. Uh, you. So this anime. Yeah. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. Uh, this anime, uh, follows the journey of. A single red blood cell and it basically animates the inner workings of a human body right okay. so <clears throat> say for example uh, a white blood cell fighting off a bacteria they've animated that to be like this big this big battle that happens mm-hmm. right and it's really cool um, how they're able to I guess What's the right word when they, I wouldn't say anthropomorphize, because that would mean turning animals into like a human-like yeah. uh, thing. But I, 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 the, the closest thing, yeah, uh, that would be the closest thing. Like they anthropomorphize, quote unquote, these cells uh, to be these relatable characters um, going through their, their daily jobs as cells within a human body. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. Um, and listeners may or may not know this about me. Probably not because I've ne- never mentioned it. Uh, despite me being a plumber, I actually do have a degree, <laughs> uh, a science degree. Uh, so I do have a basic understanding of uh, of uh, physiology and pathology. So it's really cool to see this anime and how accurate they were able to make everything uh, in terms of how the cell works within a human body. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're studying any sort of science, if you're interested in anything science related, if you're a big anime fan, if you're a human being, <laughs> check out this anime. It's called Hataraku Saibo or Cells at Work. Okay. 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 Watched a few episodes the other night. It was actually uh, pretty fun. Yeah. Cause you're a human being. So you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. What you got for us this week, Jerry? I have got a show that is currently running on Netflix. And I believe I... I'm not sure if I talked about it last week, but the the show's called Maniac. I think you did mention it. I mentioned it, yeah. So it's a limited series. 
on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of why I'm offering it now so that, you know, listeners still have a chance to go watch the show. Because I, I believe it comes off of Netflix after a while. Yeah. Just don't know when. Um, but you should definitely check out the show. It's very, it's very deep. This is the one with uh, Emma Stone and uh, and uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very deep. It it is just so it it's mind bending and it's and it's a really good show and the lead character. Like I don't want to say too much about it because I, I what's the premise it. of the of the show? Well, they're taking they're taking these new drugs. Okay, that is supposedly designed to heal you mm-hmm. from from like your past traumas okay and stuff like that um but yeah it's that's really all i can say for now like they're they're taking these new they're part of a test mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of other stuff that's happening and you know that's kind of it, it talks about it talks about whether or not such a thing exists talks about whether or not it's something that you should be taking if there's any like you know stuff like that it's it's hard to get into details with without really spoiling anything right so i'm not gonna get into too much detail but i will tell you you know fantastic show really great actors Mm -hmm. um i think jonah hill and emma stone are are really top-notch actors yeah for sure yeah so i would say you're, you're definitely going to be absorbed into the show um and it's something that i think a lot of a lot of you will enjoy Maniac. Maniac. Netflix. Netflix. Limited time release only. So Limited. basically watch it now or watch forever, it now or forever just, hold your peace. Exactly. Watch it now or just read about him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, that's that's the show I'm offering. Okay. It, it's, it's a bit of an awkward offer today because I can't go into much details about it. Yeah. But I do think like, I mean, it's one of those shows. I mean, you're a bit of an awkward you know. guy, so it's fine. Wow. Whoa. <sighs> that's... Shots fired. That definitely went... That went in a hurtful uh, direction. <laughs> good thing is the end of the show. <laughs> um, but before we end off the show, so that does conclude offerings the dark side. But before we end off the show, last week we were talking a bit about doing bonus sort of bonus episodes with the previews catalog. So actually, the new previews catalog just came out. The previews catalog for October for things that are coming to shops in December. Uh, That came out along with the Marvel's version of it and DC's version of it. So it actually came out at a good time because, you know, we're going to actually go through the catalog and we're going to do a bonus episode pretty much just like the books, the new series that I think we're going to be excited about. And it's going to also have solicits for the series that we're reading now. And maybe it could shed some light into some things that are going to happen in the future. But we probably won't go into that as much because we always want to keep things suspenseful. Yeah. So it's going to have some new books that will be coming out in the near future. And it's probably just some things that we think, you know, that you should probably add onto your pull list. Because there's probably some things that we might add to mm-hmm. our show's pull list as mm-hmm. well. So this episode, uh, we're talking about episode 29, is going to air, it's going to be available on Tuesday, right? So if you're listening to this, the day it airs is Tuesday. Tuesday, uh, the uh, October 2nd. October 2nd. So the previews bonus episode for the, the October previews, uh, that's going to air tomorrow. That's going to air on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I keep saying air like we're you know going live or something, but we're not. It's just... 
it'll air the on episodes iTunes. will go live <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that the episode will go live the day after so we'll pretty much i think that's what we're going to try to target from you know from now on for these previous episodes uh it's going to be basically we're basically going to release them the week after the catalog comes out gives yeah. us some time to read over it gives you some time to read over it and uh you know we can talk about it we'll see if i want to record anything else with you then yeah expect uh, those episodes yeah, based on the things you said about me earlier, you know, <laughs> it seems like that ain't going to be a possibility. <laughs> it's like 50%. Yeah, just, yeah that, <laughs> a solid 50. Okay, so <laughs> that pretty much concludes uh, episode 29. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please also remember to give us a rating, uh, leave us a review if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about the books that we've talked about, or if you have a book that you want to suggest to us to add onto our pull list and discuss on the show, please email us at contact at darkgrosscomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkgrosscomics. You can reach myself at twitter.com slash utterlygeeky. And you can find my co-host Victor at twitter.com slash victorjyoung. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics. If you want to show off your poll list, if you want to just let us know what your poll list is, you know, take a picture of us, tag us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page going at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics. And if you want to be a part of the community, you can join our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. See ya.